Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. This week, we're going to look at creator insights on life and death karmic risks. There's a Basically, there's a karma component to probably just about every choice you make in life, either minor or major. We're going to probably focus on the major ones, but I think some of these even you know might involve some some pre-life decisions before you're even incarnated into uh, into a lifetime, especially if you're coming in as a change agent. That's quite true, Brian. And even though not everyone can relate to the struggles of a world leader or an army commander someone who has life and death uh, responsibility for individuals in their charge, you can extrapolate it to many similar situations where you might be the member of a business unit and the success depends on your contribution for better or for worse. Your involvement with your family group what you put in energetically affects those other lives and this kind of success of that family gaining ground or maybe slipping backwards, karmically speaking, and maybe having a lot of trouble and grief. And you might be the instigator. You might be the, the thorn in everyone else's side. And all of those things matter because karma keeps track. And it'll bring back around to you what you put into the universe, good or bad. Indeed. Well, we got a lot to cover, Carl, so we should get on with it. You asked Creator, we have learned from Creator as well as many prominent historical personalities now resident in the divine realm as light beings, that the very act of incarnation on Earth is inherently hazardous duty, and that we all volunteer knowingly to come down and give it our best effort to make this a better, more love-filled world. Given the odds seemingly stacked against us, what is the noble cause we are all striving for? Okay, I think this is a good starting point for this discussion. Why are we doing this? (laughs) What what difference does it make other than it puts us at risk? Why are we here? (laughs) Well, everyone wants to know that. So we keep coming back around to that on occasion. So this is a nice answer, I think, from Creator. This is Creator's words, channeled from Creator directly. You are striving to improve your future to increase the array of possibilities, to widen your scope, to expand your role in things. This can only happen if you learn important lessons about how to function in carrying out responsibilities, and especially under trying circumstances when stressed and acting in absence of a perfect understanding of what you face, and sometimes completely in the dark about important considerations and even options that might be available to you about which you have never been taught. This, in a nutshell, is the human dilemma, that all are born in ignorance and only through good fortune, through the oversight of loving parents who themselves are spiritual, do they come by faith in a higher power and have an opportunity at least to consider the meaning and benefits that are possible. Even their organized religions are corrupted to diminish people, to think of themselves as lowly, as born in sin and unworthy, 
and rather helpless to do much on their own, except make pleas for help in a general kind of way, all of which keeps humans at a great disadvantage because if they don't believe in themselves, the divine may not be able to help them, even if they're making an entreaty. In this sea of ignorance, it is amazing that useful learning can happen at all. But yet we assure you this is the case. Every painful karmic lesson will eventually bring the fruit of new knowledge and awareness. It may be often in hindsight and too late to head off a calamity that is quite distressing and may even be life-threatening. But these are all lessons in their own right. Even a truncated life is a life well spent if an important lesson has been gained. Over the span of many, many lifetimes, humans are learning about the causes of negativity and the consequences both. This will serve you as divine agents for the light in moving throughout the universe to handle a broad expansion of things because you will be trustworthy and effective stewards of love and will be able to teach it as well as live it. Not all humans are on an equal footing as yet. Many are quite corrupted. Most are still asleep and doing little of any positive benefit to themselves or others, essentially marking time. That is the cost of making the attempt. Few will be truly successful within a single life because all start at a disadvantage and there are many, many roadblocks that will be encountered during each attempt and old patterns may take over and sideline a person for the entire lifetime. This will add to karmic burdens as well. This reality shows how very precious truth and wisdom become. They are hard won and unlikely commodities. One must be very special and in special circumstances often gain through determination and hard work in order to make progress. That is why the goal is so rewarding, because it is commensurate with the investment. It is beyond your ability to comprehend what is waiting for you and the potential for you to live in joyous ways that transcend the human experience altogether. But we assure you this is the case. The price for achieving the goal will be very real and very tangible for all involved. Because suffering is typical due to the corrupt nature of the world and how misguided people are in their institutions. There are gains needed across the board in every aspect of human endeavor. There need to be people in divine alignment stepping into positions of leadership to bring changes and improvements. This will only happen with many being dedicated and often with a certain groundswell of movement to create a momentum. When this happens, one by one in various sectors of society, things change for the better. This is how greater freedom and civil rights have been gained for people of color and for the female gender after many centuries of oppression. Such things are living proof of divine love in action and the application of divine solutions and winning through love to create many blessed improvements in society that will benefit untold millions going forward. This broad quest is the antidote to the darkness that has been dominating human history. That needs to change. You are the change agents. 
the good karma that will result from taking this on will far outweigh your sacrifices, but sacrifice you must. Well, there's a lot in this one. You know, this last sentence, I think, really says a lot that sacrifice you must. We coming down here into this environment, especially, it is so fraught with hazards and contradictions that, you know, incurring karma is pretty much a given. But if our aim is to really be a change agent, make the place better, that will outweigh the negative that's accrued. Well, we do take risks. It's it's no different than going off to war and yeah. being a combat uh, uh, soldier. You are taking on a life and death situation and things can work out or not, depending on how things go. And it's not all under your control. No. You asked creator, Charles Lickey was a Catholic priest who served as a chaplain in Vietnam. He was awarded the Medal of Honor for bravely exposing himself to enemy fire and personally saving 20 wounded soldiers, administering last rites, and even directing rescue helicopter traffic while out in the open. When the wounded were evacuated, he encouraged his men until relief troops arrived. Yet, he later renounced his medal, the only time in U.S. history this has actually happened. Clearly, he earned good karma through his efforts. But did he also incur negative karma that offset the good through his very taking of sides and directly supporting the fighting efforts of others? All right. This is what Creator says about him and his situation. His decision to deny himself the accolades of the honor bestowed on him was not because he was weighing the positive and negative karma that would ensue from his wartime experience. He was reacting to the wound to his soul. He felt viscerally from having been a part of something ghastly and witnessing firsthand the grotesque nature of the enterprise and its inhumanity. This left within him a deep revulsion for all things military, including the token honors of medals. Anyone who is a recipient of such an award will tell you It has little to do in terms of benefits and meaning with what was sacrificed to receive the honor. Life and death issues and circumstances transcend thought and opinion. It is a divine truth that to participate in killing or support it in any way is non-divine. That is simple and categorical. There are mitigating circumstances. There are greater and lesser evils, as is true for anything involving human conduct and its consequences. So the question becomes one of an individual's perspective, their lot in life, their level of understanding, and the choices they make and how they want to use their energy and experience the consequences personally. We can tell you it is better to be killed than to kill. That is categorical but it may not fit every circumstance from the perspective of the people involved. The father of a loving spouse and children can save themselves from a karmic misstep by letting themselves be killed in karmic combat rather than fighting back. That will have a karmic consequence for the family in losing their loved one and their pain will be quite real and will be a karmic consequence of a further sort for the dead would-be soldier. This seems grossly unfair, but there were karmic choices and circumstances that put that individual in harm's way to make that choice. And this can all be traced back to that person. 
the time and place they live and everything along the way in their life, leading them to the moment of decision. It is not that there are easy choices. It is that everything has a consequence and it is worthwhile to consider what the consequences might be in every circumstance. The more one lives in divine alignment, the better will their future turn out to be. And the opposite is true as well. There are no shortcuts because karma is very precise. What you do not sacrifice now, you may well have to sacrifice later and in greater measure. It cannot be avoided. There can be divine grace bestowed. And this is often what happens when there are mitigating circumstances and one engages in a lesser evil in service to others perhaps and creates a penalty for themselves as a consequence. The fact they have served others in some way indirectly will be a mitigating factor and may allow them to escape a harsh karmic penalty. So these matters are extremely complicated and few things are as pressing and important as acts of war and what it does to those involved. Each situation and circumstance does need to be considered on a case-by-case basis. Beyond the categorical statement we gave you about killing being non-divine is an absolute truth, which it is. At the same time, it is recognized you are in a place filled with evil, corruption, and many difficult and distressing choices and will be called upon and pressured through circumstances to be a party to many misdeeds and compromising choices of all kinds that go against moral principles and will be seen as a karmic failing to some degree. The better one does in such matters, the better they will progress. The art of living is in planning one's life in a way to avoid as many such entanglements as feasible. You might call that taking the high road, as that would be a good description. There are many occupations and life choices that carry risks, and especially karmic risks, because there will be involvement with unsavory people and circumstances that may cause a misstep or faulty judgment to have quite severe karmic consequences. So each person must do the best they can to make their way forward. There are always opportunities for healing what has happened. And this is a divine grace bestowed to all, but may well involve some work from your end to see to and to restore balance for what karmic debts you develop in the course of your life. You know, what I see in this is that karma is very precise. Creator said that in this exact channeling. So that if you do a transgression that's non-divine, you will get karma. That's not an act of discretion. That is a law that's going to happen. Where the risk comes in, basically I'm saying there's no risk there because it's a tit for tat. You do that deed, you're going to get the karma. Where the risk is, is you're hoping that the mitigating circumstances will be such that divine grace will be bestowed, which is not guaranteed and which is discretionary. So karma is essentially non-discretionary, but divine grace is discretionary. And what you're risking when you engage in a karmic act is that you're going to earn divine grace somehow. And that's a risk because there's no guarantee there. Yes, and and especially for the non-believer and for the believer who is, um, you know, lazy, lackadaisical, 
you know, um, a once in a while churchgoer or what have you, who doesn't really work at having a partnership with the divine. And that is a big distinction. Yes. You can believe in God, but never talk to God, never go to God, never pray, never ask for any kind of divine support or assistance until maybe you're really in a, a pickle. Right. And that's the worst time to go because you haven't built a foundation. You haven't cultivated a partnership. And now all of a sudden, you want to be a true partner and get all of the divine grace from that. And it, it may not work for you because you may be seen as kind of delinquent here. Yes. <laughs> and, and that, too, is a karmic consequence you see it isn't god deciding oh i don't like this guy right <laughs> i'm gonna right, right. i'm gonna slam him you know he hasn't come to me he hasn't bowed down he hasn't been a nice supplicant you know the, the divine doesn't think that way it doesn't want us to be worshiping every time we turn around god wants us to be thriving and joyous and givers and bringers of love yes and when we're not doing that we're probably creating some negative karma. And if we're not including the divine with our love giving and sharing, we'll we'll have a rather weak supply and it'll be rather iffy in terms of how that works for us in bringing something around to benefit us and let us off the hook when we've got a real problem situation going on. Yeah. You know, it's interesting the creator talked about the art of living, not the science of living, but the art of living. So that there's a lot of subjective decisions, a lot of um, subjectivity, um, a lot of discretion. You know, it's it's not hard and fast. So I think maybe what we're attempting to do down here when we come down into this very contradictory environment and the, the essence of chasing wisdom and trying to inculcate wisdom in ourselves is being able to kind of figure out, almost like an artist, where I can you know, count on that divine grace coming forward, you know, where, where I'm, I'm balancing all the different equities involved, all the different contradictions, and acting in a way that brings about the best outcome for everybody involved. Yes. yes. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, a good, that's a good metaphor, uh, metaphor, the art of living. It's like each brush stroke is completing a canvas. If you live with an attitude and a feeling and a belief in loving kindness, you're going to be a different person than someone who's anger-based yes. and judgmental and always finding fault with others and criticizing them and thinking they're helping them, you know, and it, it completely changes the entire exchange. So the, this is an aspect of that art of living that's being referred to here. Who you are, what kind of person you are makes a difference, and you can work on that, and, and really it's important to do. Yes, and it's yes. true with your relationship with the Almighty. Yes. And aspects of wisdom means, you know, being able to, to sit back and, and look at things a little dispassionately, too, I think, sometimes. You know, um, if, if we're responding to great passion, um, like, like the earlier channeling, we were talking about great revulsion on the part of the priest. I wonder about that, too. Uh, maybe you have to explore that a little bit more with Creator in the future. Uh, yes. Be sure to check us out at GetWisdom.com. You can get our prayer book, which is very important. It lists a, a special prayer for coronavirus at the end. Get it at GetWisdom.com slash prayer. And also be sure to check out the Lightworker Healing Protocol. 
You can get information on that by downloading the ebook on that at getwisdom.com slash LHP. And we'll be back with more Get Wisdom, talking about karmic risks and implications right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back to the second segment of Get Wisdom. We're talking about life and death karmic risks that uh, hopefully most of us are not (laughs) faced with on a day-to-day basis, Carl. (laughs) Well, we are all responsible for our own lives, and a lot of things we can choose could lead in a bad direction for us and end up with an earlier death. I know this from all the healing work that that I do, and I've been told by a creator that about a third of the people who receive this lightworker healing protocol that we use will have a minimum of a year longer life for reasons we won't ever know because they're complex, they're multifaceted, they're subtle, they're things that have been in motion from their karma destined to play out except for the possibility of a divine intervention and that's what we're getting with the Lightworker Healing Protocol, healing, divine healing. That's a divine intervention. So, And that one year is an average. I mean, you you could actually... right change things where somebody's around for four or five decades. That, you yes, know. yes, so. and I, I know it happens. So, yeah, yeah. so everything matters with what you do and what you don't do. <laughs> Absolutely. You ask Creator, Creator has recognized the pragmatic right to self-defense, while at the same time saying in the grand scheme of things, it would be better karmically to give up one's life rather than take another's, even in self-defense, for there will be karma in the taking of life. But what about the Hobson's choice, the damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario? If you don't stop a mass shooter, for instance, such a person can take many, many lives. Could the karma associated with not taking action by allowing more deaths that could have been prevented by taking a single life result in more negative karma for the passive bystander 
than would have accrued if action to stop the single perpetrator had been taken instead. Is there a karmic duty to prevent a greater harm? Okay, and this is what Creator tells us. Here we get to the fine points of human choice and action. Much depends on the intentions involved with what transpires. If one is threatened and has an opportunity to overtake an attacker who may well take the lives of others in addition to the individual in our example, if the intention for inaction is to serve the self through fear, hoping the other victims will satisfy the attacker or give our would-be protagonist an opportunity to hide by letting the others be killed without coming to their aid, This, in a sense, is an additional karmic penalty. So you cannot separate the one from the other. An obligation to serve others to help keep them from harm is an aspect of the art of living expected from everyone. That one will not simply walk away and leave someone struggling on their own where there might be some risk or inconvenience to the self. That is a karmic penalty in its own right. So this is getting into the area of greater and lesser evils. It is a greater evil to watch many die when one could prevent that than to incur the karmic penalty oneself by taking out a lone perpetrator. In a sense, you are signing on to that perpetrator's act of evil by being passive. This is the level that will help the understanding of these imaginary examples. When you speak categorically, You can make a categorical conclusion, but once you move into the real world of events, it quickly becomes apparent things are never quite that simple, except in rare circumstances where a lone defender who has no other karmic entanglements with humanity might choose to exit rather than incur a karmic liability from killing an attacker. But when other people are dependent for their happiness on that individual, Or there may be other victims foreseen from not taking action to rein in someone who might be delusional and bent on a mass killing spree. Then there are increasing karmic penalties that would be an equation dependent on the intentions of all involved. The perpetrator, the bystander watching the dilemma unfold, and other potential victims who themselves are also innocent but in harm's way. So here again, there may be many nuances in play. It might be the case that a karmic event has been arranged by the divine realm, such that individuals gathered at a location who are in harm's way from someone showing up with a weapon, wanting to kill anyone in sight, will encounter people who karmically have a predisposition to have their life ended in a violent way before their normal aging would likely bring about their transition. You cannot know this as a bystander, but it illustrates there are many complexities to scenarios of this kind. It is often the case that when there is a mass death, as in a plane crash, that most, if not all, of those who die have a karmic predisposition to meet up with such an event, as unlikely as this seems. That does not mean you can view everything around you that happens as God's will or the law of karma in action and not your business to become involved with. Because there may be a karmic reason you are being put to this very test, so to speak. Because in another lifetime, you may have had an opportunity to save someone and through an act of cowardice turned away and saved yourself. 
and lived with the guilt and much suffering as a consequence. And that being projected forward now brings you into a circumstance where you can decide to be a hero and risk something yourself to save another. And this would be an excellent way to rebalance things and be a service which was karmically expected of you in the prior life circumstance. So here again, we see the art of living as being prepared to meet life head on, untroubled and confident, and with a perspective and a vibration of loving kindness being the ideal. You will make clear decisions, do so more quickly and effectively, and be an influence for good more often than not in everything you do if you match those criteria. The best preparation for a karmic challenge is being in divine alignment. There will be few missteps and your judgment will be sounder. You will more likely act from the heart than the head and do what love expects and avoid a selfish motivation that could assign you greater blame for something that goes wrong. You know, it's interesting, you know, hearing this passage from Creator, one might have a tendency to think that you're kind of stuck with a black and white choice, that in a scenario where you're dealing with a violent attacker, it's either be attacked and gravely injured or killed or kill the attacker. But there could be a middle ground, you know. Um, I have studied Aikido, for instance, and Aikido is a, is, a pa- is, a, is a martial art that accepts the attacker and just simply neutralizes the attack, but aims to not harm the attacker in the process. Uh, I like to think that maybe that was divine guidance for me to pursue that art, so that I I had options if I was to ever encounter that kind of a danger zone. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a good uh, a good point uh, to make here. You know, we we're we're presenting these sort of categorical kinds of scenarios. But they're often more complex, more nuanced, and have a wider set of options and possibilities than our simple examples are bringing up. And that would certainly be one. You know, maybe yes. you can jump on a person, wrap them, you know, in your arms and hold on for dear life. And maybe another person will be then encouraged to jump in and join you. And together, you can just keep the person subdued. And then no one has to die. Exactly. Exactly. There's always options. U.S. creator Gandhi was one of the most visibly divinely aligned personalities of the 20th century. With his nonviolent, non-cooperation approach to civil disobedience, he was instrumental in helping India obtain independence with a peaceful withdrawal of the British. Yet in doing so, the resulting violence and deaths and carnage erupting between the Hindus and Muslims created doubts within him that he had done the right thing at all. What would creator tell Gandhi about the divine perspective of his karma at the time of Gandhi's greatest despair and perhaps regret. All right, and this is what Creator says. An important consideration here is the possibility of a person being supported through divine inspiration. That was the case with Gandhi and his life. He was naturally in divine alignment and a spiritual person, and deeply so. That was because he had a strong connection to this heritage And this is how it came to be that revered figure who seemed to be so special and certainly left a huge legacy of influence on world events. It owed from his soul expression and some inner coaching and guidance. This is a benefit for all who seek divine assistance 
And it can make a huge difference when in tough circumstances requiring much soul-searching and personal sacrifice and often difficult choices that may require choosing sides or choosing whom to save when there is only so much one can do. He was blessed with a clear vision and was unerring in making wise choices for the most part. Being human, he was not perfect, but is a good example and role model for illustrating what can be gained by making a choice that aligns with divine principles and taking the risks it entailed. To be sure, it was messy at best, but that is because humans are deeply flawed and cannot be counted on to act in a divine fashion themselves in all circumstances, even when led by someone who was very much in alignment. So what we would say about his karmic liabilities here is that he, first and foremost, was responsible for himself and how he behaved and what he taught others. Whether people followed his example or did the opposite was not his obligation to see to. He could only be expected to be of an influence and had no real power to to enforce it, nor would this have been appropriate. That is the true meaning of the saying about not being one's brother's keeper. You cannot force them to be in divine alignment. You can only teach and show them a way of example, give them encouragement, give them incentives perhaps, and in some cases may be in a position to create disincentives as attempted to do with law enforcement penalties. This is what parents must do with their children, ideally in a loving way, but there is always a need for limits, especially in the adult world. By being in alignment himself, he did all he could to encourage others to follow his path. The fact many did not, and there were huge cultural clashes was the result of a huge backlog of negative karma among those people of differing faiths. The many centuries of suspicion and mutual hatred bubbled to the surface again and again, resulting in rioting and many, many deaths. That was not his doing or his responsibility. The fact that it arose in a kind of power vacuum, having thrown off the British oppressors, was a consequence of the prior karma of those individuals that had nothing truly to do with Gandhi and his leadership or the goals he had in mind for improving Indian culture and governance. So all those involved with riots and the damages have a karmic obligation and burden now to make up for their transgressions. But that will not owe to Gandhi. You know, this is actually really, really good news. Um, Because, you know, this is a question that I personally actually wondered about and and really had some concerns about, you know. Uh, And Gandhi himself had concerns about it, you know, whether he was actually responsible for unleashing all that horror. Uh, and this is really, really good news. This, this is, uh, I like this answer a lot. Well, it, it, it's an example of the preciseness, the precision of karma in parsing what happens and assigning responsibility accordingly and appropriately. This is yes. a very sophisticated mechanism. It's a law of the universe. 
you know, it's much like the law of gravity. You know, the law of cause and effect is a very strong component here. Yes. And, and it's unavoidable. But it has the nuance recognition to divide up the consequences appropriately on an energetic basis. So you're not going to get slammed for someone else's problems, even though you poke them in the wrong spot, you know, and then the, unleash the tiger in them to, to attack someone else. You know, this right. is this is an unintended consequence. Well, it's interesting because, you know, um, we should probably ask Creator about this very statement. You know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You know, <laughs> that's probably a good question to throw Creator's way. Um, and, and people worry about that. But clearly, intentions are a huge component of the karmic equation in terms of how things are meted out for sure. Absolutely. Because you can do something from a perspective of being in divine alignment that backfires because the world isn't ready for you. And yeah. you're, you're, you're ahead of other people. They're, they're not going to respond the way you might expect. And they might find reason to cause great harm to you or someone else. You're maybe naive in thinking you can help them with a, a simple entreaty to be nice, be gentle. And then someone gets really, really brutally attacked and, and you didn't do enough. You weren't forceful enough, perhaps, to match that, uh, that attacker. But you try. You yeah. did your best and you were true to yourself. And that is a mitigating factor. Well, clearly, clearly Gandhi experienced that on a grand scale, but then he was a very advanced soul and, you know, advanced souls are given advanced tests. And I think by looking at Gandhi's life, you see that uh, all the way through his life. He was dealing with high level stuff <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. But and, he also paid a mass, price. You know, he was, he was, he was assassinated in the end too. Yeah, he was, but he was, he was dealing with that mass consciousness. Yes. Of millions who had this dark karmic heritage and history. That's why history is so much a struggle. Because it all has to be worked through. And it, a lot of times it gets bottled up. Sure does. We'll be right back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. 
listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the last segment of Get Wisdom. We're talk, continuing our conversation on karmic life and death karmic risks that people take, either in the moment or for an entire lifetime, actually. Yes, and this is an important subject because karma applies to everyone. The littlest thing you do is governed by the law of karma. If it does good in some way, you will get a reward commensurate with that act of goodness. If you do something that harms someone else or harms yourself, and I think there's probably far more of that going on than the harming of others, karma will come back around and amplify that penalty you created and you will struggle because of it. And this is why it's a slippery slope and we shouldn't get into attacking others and attacking ourselves because it'll build up a backlog of healing need that has our name on it. And we're going to have to be the nurse and the doctor and the paramedics somewhere along the line. And if we fail that, that penalty gets added on and it'll just worsen. So there you go. Well, we're not going to explore the life of somebody I think was even even more complicated than Gandhi. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize how big a character this guy was. I mean, he was as, as, as famous, if not more so, than most presidents at the time that he was alive. Most people born today might not even have heard of him. But, you know, 50 years ago, his name was huge. So we're going to look at this. U.S. creator... Many would never recognize General Douglas MacArthur as divinely aligned as Gandhi, if differently oriented. Some clues of how this some clues of this are how powerfully karma seemed to favor him. He was never seriously wounded, even though he exposed himself to danger, frequently and even recklessly. A commentator once said, He talked the bloodiest war you ever heard, but he did not fight that way. He professed to hate war, which almost nobody believed. The Japanese actually revere him as a hero and are grateful for the extremely compassionate and generous way he treated them in defeat. What is Creator's perspective and the karma consequences of General MacArthur's life? Okay, this is what Creator says. He was a complex figure in many ways, deeply puzzling to some, revered by many, and justly criticized by others. He was also deeply misunderstood. What was shining through was his divine alignment overall, being the central core character he exhibited in his choices to be on the side of the light in fighting an implacable foe seeking to destroy the leading democracy in the world. He was effective in his role, not only as a military commander in making wise decisions in battle tactics, because he did weigh humanitarian considerations and relative moral consequences for the life and death decisions he was forced to make in assuming such a role. And he was an ideal person to be entrusted because he did hold those higher truths as valuable and applied that perspective in all of his actions. His humanitarian side is the best indicator of his character and his overall fairness on display in his treatment of the defeated Japanese Empire 
And that did generate much positive karma in avoiding an aftermath that could have turned quite ugly with many reprisals. He had many political foes, and there were many political intrigues as well he became embroiled in. That is a topic for another day, but we can share with you that there was tremendous manipulation of the leaders responsible for the ultimate winning of the war. There were many dark times, dark days, and complications that arose. Many such attempts were successfully diffused or averted through divine intervention. But this could not always be done, depending on the circumstances of the individual military commanders and political leaders and their state of mind and the degree to which they were corrupted and allowed this to happen. We must follow human free will wherever it heads, rightly, wrongly, or through even a manipulation unbeknownst to the participants themselves, because that is still a karmic obligation. To be responsible for oneself regardless of circumstances and outside influences. This is a tough standard, but is important to be followed closely. Otherwise, the broad application of karma will not be just and even-handed. I think this is a good indicator of uh, how complex and kind of going down a rabbit hole we can go with this. Because, you know, a lot of people would never think that somebody like a general of a massive army during a major war could actually be in, in rather powerful divine alignment. And yet that's essentially what creator is saying here. Well, there is a time for everything, a season for, for yeah. every kind of endeavor and uh, calamities come along that make unwitting accomplice uh, accomplices of us sometimes, or Improbable heroes, if we rise to the occasion and become inspired and leap into the fray and contribute our energy in some way that makes a difference. So life will bring these things to us. Yeah, real quickly, he he really was, you know, uh, an outside character. He was retired. He thought his career was over. He was basically relaxing and taking it easy. And then when he got called in for his greatest contribution, you know, when he was in his 70s, so... You just never know. <laughs> yeah, pretty ready amazing. For anything. Yeah. You ask Creator, we have learned from Creator that if the Allies had not won World War II, the annihilation of humanity would likely have been the final outcome. Gandhi himself seemed to have recognized this as well, actually suspending his campaign for Indian independence while the British were fighting for their very survival against the Germans. He even encouraged Indians to enlist and assist the British as citizens of the British Empire. What is, the divine, what is the divine perspective of Gandhi supporting the war and even encouraging Indians to enlist? And what was the karmic penalty, if any, versus the prospect of losing humanity altogether in defeat? Okay, well, this is interesting. See, people in those days knew things were grim and there were huge things at stake. But I doubt if many thought about the totality of human annihilation as a distinct possibility i imagine not but they 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 might have felt it you know yeah it might have been that the feeling that gravity yes yeah i think the feeling is is would be there and this is what creator says you are asking an important and insightful question here and we can tell you in a forthright way even though many will misinterpret this answer and will exaggerate its meaning to cast aspersions on divine motivations 
and divine consistency to always hew to principles without exception. We can tell you that the reason Gandhi made exceptions in this way was to some extent in response to divine guidance to not be categorical, to not be an absolutist, but to consider consequences when circumstances changed and to create the possibility of flexible responses to take into account a greater evil. And this is certainly brought about through an imperative for survival of humanity as a whole. He could not foresee that most draconian of possible outcomes, but the decimation of his native country and his fellow citizens at the hands of the German army was a serious enough local problem to create in him a desire to support the greater good and save as many souls as possible from the ravages of an invading army. Whether or not one liked their particular cultural heritage and reason for being a part of the country at that time, in the sense of the British being an interloper from his perspective, this was simply a response to a greater evil that was given divine sanction for reasons we have been discussing. The plan of the interlopers behind World War II was human annihilation, a total annihilation down to the last man, woman, and child. That was certainly a greater evil than defending one's homeland from the minions of interloper savagery, even though they were fellow humans manipulated to take part in the war. When one is faced with life and death choices, one is not given the luxury of understanding motivation and pedigree. The many acts of savagery down through the ages inflicted on humanity have caused many horrific karmic events where humans were drawn into warfare against other humans and for service to interlopers who despise humanity and enjoy their suffering. This is a broader karmic level of entanglement that is always a factor in the karmic end result with respect to how humans may continue to suffer from the consequences of participation in a scheme they are lured into or manipulated to take part in. Even though they might be completely unaware due to it being a subconscious programming with a suspension of their moral qualms. All humanity bears a burden they may have been subjugated and manipulated again and again and again when they are intended to be the warriors for the light, to throw off the oppressors through a campaign of love and healing. Until they learn about this mission, take it to heart and bring it about, they will continue to receive pain and suffering at the hands of the interlopers. This is why you're having this discussion with us to bring forward these truths and this knowledge and spread it to others. This will change the karmic equation from everything involved with such events. The big picture does matter. It is a karmic responsibility to learn divine truth and is essential in order to know the divine path with greater clarity. Wow. Yeah, that the uh, this is why we're having this discussion, you know, to bring this divine truth forward. People need to, the big picture does matter. I really believe that, Carl. Well, and the big picture rolls on because <laughs> they're they're gearing up for Picture's kind plan of big B. already, isn't it? <laughs> well, this is just a taste of what's to come, the yep. current coronavirus pandemic. Oh, boy. Okay, well, we got one more to get through here. Uh, you asked Creator, 
could nonviolent, non-cooperation have worked against Hitler as Gandhi surmised? Could it ever work against the interlopers? And the interlopers are the extraterrestrials. And the dark spirit cohort that they they direct. Yes. All right. This is a very important as well as intriguing question. The simple answer is no. That passive resistance will not win the hearts and minds of your oppressors because they are psychopaths who have no conscience and no ability to love and thereby would not view humans as having a moral superiority through choosing nonviolence in the face of oppression. So such tactics will not prevail in a direct contest. But neither would it be fruitful to adopt the stance of a warrior and take them on in an armed conflict. That would be sheer folly and suicidal because they have a vast technological superiority and you could never win in a direct confrontation of that kind. There is a higher choice, and that is divine partnership, to bring love to bear as an antidote for the depravity of the interlopers. This is what they sorely need, a return to a loving state of existence. Only then can they see the error of their ways, the many dark choices they have taken down through the ages, long before humanity was in existence. You cannot make up for such a deficit simply by role modeling a generous spirit and a refusal to be harsh or unkind. The true path before you is neither of the choices you pose, but a third option, which is to align with the divine realm through your thoughts and engage our help to turn the tide and shift the energies of the interlopers sufficiently that they will stand down, change their plans, and begin to withdraw and leave you to your own world at long last to lick your wounds and be allowed then time to heal and get things back on trap. That is feasible and will happen if humans make the choice to do so. So once again, we have choices. How we live our lives, what we think, what we do, all matter. Yes, And the more we know about what truly is happening in the world and why, the more informed our choices will be. And the more we can rank our decisions according to what is more important and what may be less so. Well, this this particular channeling really, I think, was revelatory. I mean, a lot of people would think that nonviolent non-cooperation would just work across the board, but that's a categorical understanding again. And yes. we're, you know, at the same time, while creators emphasizing categories, he's also creators also coming out and saying that there are exceptions, there are mitigating circumstances, there are things to weigh and judge in the balance. So we're we're trying to paint a bigger picture, I mean, probably a more complicated one. Some, some people might think might not think we're doing them a favor with this, but this is what getting wisdom is all about, Carl. Yeah, it's not pretty always. <laughs> it's not fun always. <laughs> But it will help you in the end. You know, it's helped all of us who've been in this for a while to to learn the 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 hard won truths, the bitter truths sometimes, the painful truths sometimes. But there's light at the end of the tunnel. But you have to know what that tunnel looks like and yes. where the light might be in the darkness you're wandering around in. So you have choices and there are forks in the road. And not all of them will lead you to the light. So this is where understanding comes in and and having the the wisdom that it brings. And then you can be more effective in all that you do and use your energy wisely and well and contribute to the enterprise of humanity by reaching out to the divine, 
partnering with the divine, launch your prayer requests, ask for healing, especially of the perpetrators. Well, we've come to a, for our own fork in the road, Carl. We are flat out of time. Thanks right. for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next week. Be well. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 